1: Time, till we're on.
2: Get on, Ron! What? We're on the air right
1: now. I'm ready. Good evening, I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival G-U-V. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats.
3: Well, no Badge. Uh, it is Sats. Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews in the Sports Day studio tonight. You know what I hate about having about 20 TVs with sport being broadcast on in this studio? Nothing? No. Yeah, well, I'm watching the Dallas Cowboys blow the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars again today. All Dak Prescott had to do on this third down, Sats. Was find a first down, the game was over. Mm. Watch him throw, he throws up 25 yards. Look at this. Ah, anyway, hello, welcome to the show. It's been a massive weekend in sport. We kicked That's off. That's an understatement. Well, we kicked it off with the Thunder scoring 15 runs on Friday night, mm. and it ended up with Argentina winning the World Cup this morning uh, in a penalty shootout and it- Messi just being given a see through gown as a gift. <laughs> At the end of the t- – looked like they went to – what's the name of that place? It looked like a sexy sexy, Land. Long, sexy lingerie gown. That's what it looked like. What's the go of the gown? Well, it's I a, mean
4: – It's to, yeah you know, represent Qatar. Do we get Jack in early for this? Can we get a replica of the gown, see through a gown? And, worn by Jack. And we'll put a photo up on our Instagram of Jack wearing it.
3: We could do that. Jack, can you run out to Sexy Land and get one, please? You'll do
4: it. He's very tired today. And there's a gimp mask that comes with it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack is very tired today, (laughs) listeners, because uh, he stayed up, the naughty boy. Yeah, the the World Cup final, Mm. which kicked
5: off at what time? Uh, 2 a.m. New South Wales time, 1 a.m. Queensland.
3: So which time did you watch, the New South Wales time or Queensland? I
5: got up at 1 a.m. Yep went to bed at about 12:45. Can I just I want to paint a picture for the listeners around
4: around what Jack looks like at the yeah. moment. He looks like he hasn't slept in 4 days. <laughs> Imagine Harry Potter has been on a bender.
5: <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. what Jack looks like. No, it was it was a good morning. Uh, but it's a ceremonial bished is the word. Right. Yep. What do you call him? Bished. Oh, it's uh it's a ceremonial robe that is uh, given as a sign of respect yep. uh, in, that's in the culture. Yeah. That's beautiful actually, yeah. Yeah, so it was uh, given to Messi afterwards um he did get a nice moment where he did get to kiss the trophy when he was just wearing his jersey, yep. uh, as he was receiving the Player of the Tournament uh, award. But yeah, then uh, he was—it was—it was weird. Do you think in it?
4: 15 years' time, when he's looking at the big frame on his wall of yep. the only World Cup that he's ever won, mm. and everyone else is in their national colours, mm. and he's in a black robe,
5: yep. do you I think don't... it's a part of him that says, I wish through. I took that off"? I don't think he'll care. I really, really don't. I mean, this has been such a pinnacle. So,
3: at what stage did he get to celebrate with his teammates? All sounds very selfish to me. From which side? From Messi, like he, he gets he gets the trophy before anyone else. Yeah, well, yeah he gets so to kiss it. He gets a ride. What about his teammates? Well, hang on.
5: So this they gave out the indiv- it's a team sport. Great. Uh, they gave out the individual awards first. So right, which was actually brutal because Messi was up there. Uh, Martinez got golden glove. So he had uh, the best fighter. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Good gear. Uh, So he was in there for golden glove. Um, Alvarez was the youngster of the tournament.
3: The youngster. youngster. Yeah.
5: (laughs) Messi got great. Other sports call it rookie. Messi got best player. And then poor Mbappe had golden boot. Golden boot. So yeah. most goals. It? Most goals. But okay. they had a photo, and there's the three of them really happy and excited with their awards, and Mbappe's just standing just there. wants to be anywhere. Right. right. wants to be Was gone. there a fan of the tournament? Uh, no, but I, I, reckon, I reckon I could give it a shout. Okay. I, c- I could go for a shout. I'm
4: going Senegal. Oh, fa-
5: sorry, Fan fans, base. Yeah. yeah. Senegal. Senegal. They're great. They're I was talking about a fan. A fan but there anyway. was an
4: Argentinian woman that had her top off. Yeah,
5: oh, the grand did stand. that
4: fall off accidentally?
5: <laughs> Possibly. Well, they <laughs> took the then? robe off her. They gave it to, <laughs> gave it to her. <laughs> Hey, good, gear, good Jack. gear, Jack. Yeah, you're go better your when you're tight.
3: Yeah. You you That's right. Do you want um, to
4: talk to him about what happened in Melbourne on the weekend with the soccer? Well, they aren't very good fans at all, are they? Melbourne victory. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. That was horrific. Horrific scenes. I've got to say, when I first saw this emerge, I, I, I saw M-City and I thought, oh, it must be Manchester City playing a, a friendly before the World Cup players come back. Didn't think anything of it. Oh, it's the EPL. They are tribal, those fans. It doesn't surprise me if there's anarchy in the streets or whatever it may be. But then to learn that it's in Australia, I can't remember seeing anything like it in any sport, in any code where the fans have stormed the field, not only stormed the field, Mm. but have have attacked officials and players. That was – it was just – it was frightening. It was frightening to see.
3: It was. We'll talk to uh, Matt McKay, who's in his own gown uh, tonight on Sports Day. We'll have a chat to him about that and also wash up of the World Cup final. Steve Mascot on the 25th an- anniversary
4: anniversary of uh, the NRL. Yes. He wrote a very good book uh, published late last year called Two Tribes. And outside of News Corp and, and Optus and all those representatives around uh, the Breakaway League and, and the ARL, they know more than Steve Mascord only by a pinch. Yeah. The amount of research that went into his book, and, yeah, and on, on the anniversary of the 25th um, year of the, of the NRL, he knows more, and I want to – there's some things I want to find out that I thought I knew about mm. that he, I've got no doubt that he's got the answer to.
3: He's in Australia at the moment, Masco uh, We've both worked at him at various times. We'd call him Jesus because mm. he looks like Jesus.
4: The most amount of frequent flies in the history oh. of-
3: Absolutely. Sports. Uh, but I've been following him closely on uh, Facebook, and all he's been doing is eating and drinking. Mm. Uh, so I'll have a chat to him about that as well. If but there's
4: any question you want to ask around Super League, ARL, the NRL, zero four five We'll throw it at at Steve Mascord.
3: Uh, yeah, here's a good question for Mark for Mort. Though. I want to find out this as well. I hope Jack's listening and get the answer for this. Um who won the Greg Laganis Award for Best Diver? Mark from mm. Mortdell. That is a very important role.
4: Lionel Messi would be up there, top oh. three.
3: Steve from Davo says, Evening, fellas. How great is it to see Jack get involved early? The reason we, we're doing that, Steve, because we think he might be asleep in about 20 <laughs> minutes. He hasn't. He hasn't gone back to sleep. He's emotional. <laughs> At times, his voice is so high. Yeah. It, it actually cracked a television screen. And he's got two different you. shoes on. He, he's got two different... But they look the same, have you noticed? <laughs> Guys, I'm wearing two different... They look the same. They look exactly the same. I don't know what's going on mm. with him. Uh, 0457 736 736. If you want to get involved uh, in the show uh, tonight, we'd love to hear from you. What was your highlight from the weekend? I'm going to get to yours in just a moment, Sats. Or 1300 01 1170 is our number as well. And hello to... Our listeners through the Super Radio Network uh, and the SEN Network, uh, 1170 in Sydney, 1620 on the Gold Coast, SENQ 693am in Brizzy, 1323am in Canberra. Uh, and, of course, those listening through SEN Track and via the SEN app. Don't forget to follow Badge and Sats on TikTok, Badge Sats SEN, and you can grab a podcast of the show tonight wherever you get your podcasts from. I know he
4: had some footage for our... Uh, TikTok on, I've got to say a big shout out to one of our listeners, Podge. And uh, Podge actually, I put my phone onto Podge and you on Friday. No, you didn't. And one of our listeners, Podge, who listens every afternoon, had a chat to Woogie on the phone. No, he he didn't, mate. He said to me, he's the only one that stands (laughs) up for for Woogie. And he's offered, he's actually, he wants to challenge Adrian to a corporate boxing match (laughs) as well. Why
3: did you ring me? Why did you drunk dial me middle of Friday Arvo and and profess your love to me? I didn't say that. You did. My daughter Aria heard it and she goes, is that Sats? Is that Sats?" She goes, oh, my God, you better ring Beck and warn Beck. That's what she said to me. You were blind.
4: No, I wasn't. You were. I
3: drank responsibly. No, you didn't.
4: Mm.
3: How many Krakens did you have? I don't know. <laughs> don't ever ring me and tell me you love me again. All right, we're just colleagues. Uh,
4: What did you enjoy about the weekend, by the way? So many things. uh, Sport and the stories it produces around Lionel Messi and and universally he's loved by a lot of soccer fans, football fans and people who don't follow football as much as I do. I've really tracked his career and he's now regarded as arguably one of the greatest of all time, top three. And Jack thinks he's the greatest he's ever seen in his short life. Um, But just the way that sport has set up the World Cup and Messi – yeah, Winning his, his one and only World Cup. He won't play for Argentina again. The Test match. Yeah, that was a Test match. Finished in two days. Would have loved it to go three days, but I've got to say that it was outstanding watching all the Wasn't wickets it? fall over those those first two days, or it the was, only two days. Are we the only
3: people who enjoyed that Test match?
4: I, lo- I, I was glued to the TV yeah. for both bowling attacks, just world-class bowling attacks, and using that green wicket, you couldn't actually tell where the wicket was compared to the rest of the uh, the Gabba. So it has come under a lot of, um, I suppose, there's been a lot of comments, some negative around whether it's good for Test Cricket to finish in two days. Uh, I think the fans are all saying they loved it. What about you? Did oh, you did you like that it finished in, in I two days? I loved it.
3: I loved it. And, and I know our listeners, we'd love to get your thoughts. 0457 736 736 or 1300 three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Sats for too long. Mm-hmm. Batsmen have had it too good. They've had flat track drop-in wickets, shorter boundaries, bigger bats. You need... To, to face sometimes a green wicket with quality fast bowling. We heard about that prior to the test match, that the attack of South Africa, four-pace prong attack. How good is that? Yeah. How, and, this, and Australia with theirs and also Nathan Lyon. It was great viewing. I, I felt like
4: every time someone bowled, we're going to see a wicket. Well, it was a challenge for batters, and that's what cricket is all about. You've got to challenge the elements. It's you gotta, been boring. You've got to battle the elements, and... Marnus Labuschagne has come out and is and queried whether it's good for Test cricket to have a wicket of that nature. Steve Smith has said it's the trickiest surface he's, he's played in Australian pitches on Australian pitches. Uh, Pat Cummins said he loved the pitch because he's a speed bowler he can do as much as he can with it. The the ball that Mitchell Stark bowled to get his 300th wicket, oh. it was a you know, an off cutter that just cut back about six or eight inches and and rattled the stumps. It was, that was
3: a quality ball. It was that class. wasn't. The, the, sure, the pitch assisted a little bit, but it was a horrible shot as well. Mm. I just, I, I, thought it was amazing. Scott Boland impressed again. He gets two wickets every time. I, I, is there a spot for Hazelwood in in the third test? Oh yeah, in Hazel- the second test at the Gabba. Yeah, Hazelwood. Well, comes who's in. he
4: comes in for? Who's he coming for? for? Boland. No. Oh, well, depending on the pitch, no. also he can't. They... He can't. Well, he's one of the he's one of the most consistent bowlers in world cricket. But
3: how do you take a guy out? who every time steps up for Australia... It's called pref- depth. Yeah, but, but surely he gets the right to start and Hazelwood sits out the Melbourne test. No,
4: Hazelwood gets the first right of refusal. I don't think
3: he does. I think Bolan gets
4: the crack at his home ground. I'll have a fiver on it with you.
3: Gamble response. You still owe me $37, by the way. Oh, from the lotto. Yeah.
4: So yeah. When uh, you pay that, I might have another go. Another thing I loved was a a tweet that I saw. That Hang on, can I just ask our listeners? Yeah.
3: If you're a selector... Who are you putting in the starting 11? Is it is it Boland or Hazelwood? If Hazelwood's fit, right? Mm.
1: 0457
3: 736 736
4: or 1300 01 three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Uh, another thing I loved from the weekend was a tweet that was forwarded th- through to me from uh, our good friend Andy Raymond. Great guy, Andy Raymond. Trem- trem- tremendous podcast called Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Got some great interviews on there. Um, and this is a tweet that he found that says, having a beer with a mate and we get talking about conquests in our youth. And the reply to one of the tweets was, I was in London back in 2002 and I took a girl home who looked like Brent Tate. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What? I love seeing that tweet. And, of course, we had to forward that through to Tate. Tate.
3: was he exploding at
4: that? He's He's filthy.
3: Yeah, he always, I love it. Because he
4: said I was actually on tour with the kangaroos in 2002, <laughs> two, so it might have been Tatey with a dress on. You never know. So you found something which I I made you aware of that oh. you've loved over the weekend, a show on
3: Mate, I, I street we streamed it Stand. over two nights. Uh, on, is, no, it was on Binge. Binge, oh, it is too. Yeah, Colin from Accounts. Australian show. We're not getting paid to say this, but if you want to watch a fair income good Aussie comedy, and boy, I haven't seen one in ages... This is the show to watch. 30-minute episodes. I think it's seven, seven or eight episodes. Outstanding, isn't it's it? It's great Aussie yep. comedy. Yeah. It's great. Mm. I
4: well,
3: loved it. What about your daughter? Come on, let's get it out. This oh, is- my
4: daughter flew out yesterday morning to go to LA and New York for three weeks. And I've got to say, I, she's not like a father. I know that. Because she's got this Craig Gower-like approach to life. Yeah. What I mean by that is that... She has fun. She's willing just to go to the great lengths to, to challenge her body. Now, she went, to a, she went to her work Christmas party on the Saturday night, and we had to be up at 3.30 to drop her at the airport Sunday morning. And she said, I'm only going to go for a couple of hours because I've got to get home and have some sleep. Yeah. She walked in at 2 o'clock. And mm. I heard her stumble up the stairs. <laughs> I get up at 3.45 and help her with her bags down. I said, did you get over at what? She goes, yeah, 2, 2.30, something like that. I said, have you had any sleep? She goes, no. Getting on a flight for 14 or 15 hours. Good on her. What a – she's – She's, she's like, a legend. She's an animal. That's she's what she a legend. Is.
3: That's what she is. Mm. And this is for her. <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to go to a break. We'll get the things you didn't like about the weekends uh, shortly. Hey, what did you like and not like from the weekend in sport? Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 70? 01
4: There's one for obvious reasons we haven't touched on yet, which is an absolute embarrassment to Australian sport, but we will definitely touch on it.
3: That's the one that happened in Melbourne. Yes. Is that the one? Mm. We'll get to that real soon. This is Sports Day. Thanks to Kay When we come back, Steve Mascord joins us. <music>
1: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll be back soon. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Yeah, welcome back to the show. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy
3: 1170 is our number, or 457 736 If you want to be part of the show, by texting Craig from Maitland. Uh, thinks uh, the Gabba will get demerit points for the pitch. Too much grass. I think too much moisture was pro- under the surface, was more, more the issue there, which led to that.
4: You don't think it's got anything to do with... The Australian cricket team saying, "Can you make it as green as humanly possible?"
3: Well, I wouldn't have not not with South Africa's bowling attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, happy that we're one up. But reckons the MCG will definitely get to five days. Of course, it will because it'll rain for four of them. <laughs> also, uh, backing Warner to get hundred. Yeah, what do you make
4: of him? He's well, he doesn't need a hundred. He needs a he needs a fifty. Yeah, he does. He needs it. And needs it badly because um, his two innings were absolutely shocking. He Had a lot of friends around him. We know that that went for very low scores. But when the opening batsman, you've got to be able to bring stability to a, you know to the start of an innings. You know, he put Australia behind the behind the uh, the eight ball.
3: Cheers! I love watching Marnus and Aussie bat together. Mm. It's so entertaining, isn't it?
4: Yeah,
3: you know, full of energy, full of runs. It's quick
4: between the wickets. Yeah, it's great. it's great to watch. Uh just texted us, 0457 736 736. Adrian, game on. I'm in. And then the yeah. Dubbo King says, no one will be taking Adrian on in anything until they arm wrestle. This Wait. is Steve and Adrian. Everyone else can get in line.
3: Um, um, yeah, you keep going. I'm, I'm texting Steve Mascord here. I'm trying to get him on the line.
4: Thanks for your questions also. We've got a couple of questions there. Uh, Rooster Mars has got a question. Also, uh, we've got Luke from Southport's got a question. So if we get him on the line, uh, we'll definitely ask him. Things I didn't like from the weekend, well, I think it goes without saying the Melbourne the Melbourne Derby, the victory versus Melbourne City. Uh, never seen it before in Australian sport as we saw it early on. I thought it was really distressing watching it, to be quite honest. Uh, there's been evidence on social media that that it was premeditated. Of course, this is all around walk doing a walkout at the 20-minute mark. Um, there's been evidence that has been found that they've said more or less, you know, stuff the walkout, let's invade the pitch. And they did that at the 21st-minute mark. And if you're going to do a walkout, you don't bring balaclavas to the soccer as well, which some all of right. them had on. Um, but I've got to say, my my biggest concern is how the security at all these stadiums allow flares... To get in, we spoke about this. We made a bit of a joke about it last week. Yeah, that we you, did. You know, I was talking to a female during the during the weekend after it all happened. She said she's had her lip gloss taken off her. You said you've had twisties taken taken off, off you because you have to buy them in the stadium. Yeah, but somehow soccer fans get flares in, and I don't know whether it's because security are too scared to upset them because of the, you know, the possible physical retribution that'll come back on them. I'm not quite sure, but...
3: Well, Jack tells us that off the air that flares were uh, banned a few years ago. Well, flares
4: outside of an emergency situation yeah, are now, banned but anyway. now they're
3: allowed to bring these other things that you light up and it, it brightens up for a bit. But why are you allowed
4: to bring anything
3: in yeah. that
4: you can light up and use as a projectile? And I mean, many are saying goalie Thomas Glover, he shouldn't have thrown the flare from the field back in towards the crowd, but... If the flares there not in the, in, the, in the first instance, I doubt we see what happened on the uh, on the weekend. Um, I've got to say, I, I want to do a shout out to the official re, uh, Alex King. He ran and put himself between the pitch invaders yeah. and the goalie Thomas Glover. So he put himself in the firing line. He was a he was assaulted. Uh, Thomas Glover had a laceration to his face and of course suffered concussion and had to go to hospital. Um, you know the fast action of you know some of the on-field security get the players and the officials off the field, but Alex King, I I, you know, I take a bow because he was the one that put himself between the you know the the pitch invaders, the security, and also Thomas Glover. He, he ended up after the game, he went and caught up with Thomas Glover to see that he was okay because he saw that he was injured. But um, the A League boss Danny Townsend, he's he's come out quite quite strong uh, today.
3: Yeah, absolutely disgusting to see. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, Steve Mascord is on the line. We'll chat to him next here
1: on Sports Day. day. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll be back soon. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats.
3: Yeah, for expert car service, book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. This man, i would tell you what, you'll struggle to find much smarter in the world of rugby league than this guy we're about to chat to, Sats.
4: The most committed man when it comes to rugby league. The most amount of frequent From an flight. international level, not just an NRL level, which is what I love about him.
3: He's escaped uh, the winter in London for the sunny, I think, Northern Beaches of of Sydney. I've seen his Facebook littered with him drinking beer with mates. Eating burgers. Eating burgers. What a life this bloke lives. Steve Masgood, thanks for joining us on Sports Day.
6: Guys, I'm about to dispel that amazing introduction because um, the, today is the 25th birthday of the NRL being formed and as we know, the Super League World was full of ridiculous things like Buck the Bronco running seven Melbourne Cups during the World (laughs) Club Challenge game. Fireworks in the daytime, Belinda Carlisle falling off stage. So anyway, I thought that I would would have this uh, celebration with a few people and do that stuff you just talked about, drinking and eating, at the Captain Cook Hotel, which is the closest pub to the Sydney Football Stadium where all the clubs met 25 years ago today. So I just walked a lovely walk, blissful walk back home, First glimpse of New Allianz Stadium. Life's wonderful. I get to the other side of the road. The pub's closed. (laughs) Oh, no. So so I'm actually with Brad Walter from NRL.com. We're standing in the deserted beer garden behind the uh, Captain Cook, and we're going to have to relocate. And I I suddenly hope not too many people are coming. As I was walking here, I hoped a lot of people come. Now I hope not too many people are
4: coming. You'll still get tossed out. Now – Published a book last year, Two <laughs> Tribes, which is a, a well-researched and a really good read for if you're a rugby league fan, uh, Masco. And I go back to 1995. I was playing at the South Queensland Crushers. I was about 23. We started hearing about this possible breakaway competition called Super League. We didn't know a lot about it, but all the officials did and all the executives did. When did you as a journo, when did you start learning about this possible Super League breakaway?
6: Mate, it was actually. <laughs> I really hate that question because I'll tell you why, mate. I did actually hear about it very, very early, but only from one source, and I and it was and I couldn't stand it up anywhere else, and as a result, I wasn't able to write it uh, because I I obviously had to uh, respect that confidence. So I think Alex Mitchell. Well, Super League is back on. Uh, that happened the morning of um, the, the the Western Reds game against St George in uh, 1995 over there, and um. I think um, Alex Mitchell from the Sun-Herald asked John Quayle and Ken Upson about it at Kings Park overlooking, you know, the new frontier of, uh, of rugby league, the coast-to-coast uh, auckland to Perth yes. empire. And, um, and before, uh, before it even got off the ground, um, it, was, it, was, uh, it had been torn apart. So I, rem- I remember that day very uh, vividly sad because I was um, lucky enough to be on the plane and went to all the new clubs. Uh, that that weekend, and um, and then it was on, wasn't it? Um, for us, it certainly was uh, dominated our, our work life uh, for the next three years.
4: Now, remember, it didn't get off the re- ground initially. Um, but am I right in saying, from memory, Masco in nineteen ninety six, that some clubs had round one off if you were playing a Super League aligned club? Am I correct in saying that?
6: Well, they, yeah, yeah, they 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 forfeited, so um, they couldn't. They were, the the decision came too late. The appeal fell over too too late for them to um, get teams together. Um, I think uh, the Warriors uh, didn't lose their points because they um, they had a strong uh, Auckland Rugby League sort of grassroots, ARL-sympathetic administration. So they said, we will field a team of local park players and we will play. So they didn't lose their points, but all the Super League teams uh, forfeited that first uh, uh, weekend. And uh, it's funny now, isn't it? Uh, All these years later, uh, people are talking lockouts and collective bargaining agreements and what's the worst uh, case scenario... Um, well, I hope we don't see that again.
3: Hey, Masco, was, was, this, was this all born about, was it because of television networks or was it Telstra versus Optus?
6: No, it was, it was, it, it was two things, right? It was expansion happening at the same time as the introduction of pay television in Australia. So expansion meant we had two different uh, models, business models of clubs rubbing up against each other. We had the old um, Sydney poker machine Uh, kind of membership uh, um, um, uh, set up. And then we had the Brisbane Broncos and the Perth Reds and North Queensland Cowboys. Not too much North Queensland Cowboys. They were a little bit grassroots. And they were like American clubs, right? They had to make money uh, and they had to um, um, get customers through the gate uh, to pay the players. So they were run like big American businesses. And they obviously wouldn't get on. There's There's always seeds of discontent in the um, Garden of Rugby League, but Rupert came along with a big watering can, didn't he? Because at the same time, they're introducing paid television here and they needed that content. They desperately needed that content. So all the disgruntled people within Rugby League suddenly had a, very, a fairy godfather and that's why we had the Super League War.
4: Now, Luke from Southport, one of the listeners, we've asked to send in some questions uh, to ask you and he says... Uh, Mr. Mascord, we all knew Super League was the beginning of big salaries in rugby league. Yes, it was. Who was reported to be the highest-paid rugby league player during Super League, and how much was it?
6: Oh, um, I would say I would say sort of Laurie Daly and, and Bradley Clyde, and they and they were up around um, the million-dollar mark. Um, and, they, and then after that, we had we had Alan Langer and, and those sort of guys. So um, you, you mentioned um, 1996 sats, and that's kind of like. Um, Mike Coleman, who, you know, yes. I think he lives in your footprint. He might even be listening. Uh, you know, he did a great book called Super League, uh, The Inside Story. And that finished with the ARL winning the um, the, the, the original uh, court case on October. Uh, sorry, at the start of 1996, in January 1996. And then my book starts on October 4 when Super League wins. And, and it goes right to the today. Today is when my book ends. Uh, today, 25 years ago, when the... Um, The clubs went over to the Sydney Football Stadium and uh, there was a big vote of the general committee. Uh, Interestingly, the referees got a vote, but the players didn't. (laughs) And it was 36-4 in favour of going into business with uh, News Limited and that's why we had the NRL.
4: Now, who instigated the possible merger to come back between both bodies through 97 into 98, which was the first year of the NRL?
6: Yeah, well, actually, there's a good story about that. I think... uh, Neil Whitaker's job and Ian Frickberg's jobs were to get the game back together. But Jeff Carr, we all remember Jeff, uh, and um, um, he, um, we remember him and he's obviously still around. We remember him in his job as St. George Chief Executive, and we remember him uh, as Communications Manager at the ARL. And he was out jogging one day, um, and uh, he saw um, Ian Frickberg, who had just come back from England, and Ian Frickberg signalled him to stop and said, do you think Neil would like a meeting? And so they arranged these secret uh, meetings. Uh, and in fact... Uh, we had I had a guy called Bruce Kerridge who was actually a consultant to the ARL. Last night he came to Lee's Fortuna Court Chinese Restaurant, which is where Frickberg and Whittaker shook hands on the ARL the night before these meetings. And um, so so that they had these secret meetings, and in the end it came down to um, what what is the structure that might work, and, and then they had this meeting over the road uh, today, 25 years ago, and the ARL clubs agreed to get on board.
4: Did you still feel throughout the 1998 season? in internally, Masco, did you still feel as though there was still that Super League ARL stronghold? There was a real arm wrestle and which teams were really the strongest out of both those both those uh, formats?
6: Yeah, well, Wayne Bennett, I interviewed him for the book, cause if you've read that chapter. And he still takes great pride in the fact that when uh, Brisbane played Newcastle for the first time up in Newcastle in 1998, he said, it took us... Um, it took us 60 minutes, but we got them. Um, So there was still really a point to prove, uh, you know, that the the Super League uh, felt that the ARL had been built, you know, they kind of won the PR battle. Certainly... Um, in New South Wales, didn't they? The ARL. And a lot of Super League figures thought that that was undeserved and that the competition was every bit as good as the ARL competition. So, yeah, there was plenty of points to prove, but, but, Sats, a lot of the points to prove were off the field, of course, because the competition, you know, had to had to go down uh, to, to uh, originally, it was supposed to go down to 14 teams. Um, so, there were a lot of teams merging. Uh, my favourite team, the Illawarra Steelers, had to merge, and we ended up with the Northern Eagles and the West Tigers. And, of course, we lost Adelaide and Perth and Gold Coast and and this is the big reason why you're not hearing more about the 25th anniversary today. We've also lost South. and that's mm-hmm. nothing. That's mm-hmm. something the ARL aren't. I'm oh, sorry, the, the ARLC and the, and the NRL aren't. I'm sure they're not proud of.
4: Is there anything, Steve, that you are researching for the book, that you, something that just came out of left field that you found out that you never knew before? Something that's so significant that uh, that you can't believe that you you finally learnt of it.
6: Look, there, there, there were there were there were lots of them, lots of them. But the one that I referred to a little bit earlier was I spoke to Damien Kelly, who's a radio reporter. You guys might know him, and he covered these uh, talks here um, 25 years ago today, uh, just across the road from where I am at this closed pub. And uh, he said that, uh, and 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 he said that um, um, he went he, afterwards. They went to a, a restaurant at a called Lee's Fortuna Court Chinese Restaurant, and um, the, um, the 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 two UE the boss of two UE said it's free food, free alcohol, you've had a long season, peace in our time, uh, you know, and um, the, the, the restaurateur, uh, Stanley Lee, uh, he said, why weren't you here last night? And uh, Damien said, what do you mean? Today's a big day. What do you mean last night? He said, he said, last night, Mr. Frickberg and Mr. Whitaker, they sat over there and they shook hands on the deal and then they toasted with some port. And, um, <laughs> uh, which is an amazing story, right? Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, I, I, last night, I went in there last night um, and I, I, and believe it or not, Sunday night, Stanley Lee was working 25 years later, and I asked him to go to show me where uh, Mr. Frickberg and Mr. Whitaker had has ostensibly created the NRL, and he took me over to the table and said, this is where they sat, this is where... Although he remembers Mr. Frickberg going in there all the time, and even though he told Damien Kelly the next day about what had happened, he doesn't recall it anymore himself, and neither does Neil Whitaker. so I suppose we've only got Damien to trust on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, any... <laughs> The Isn't main, that amazing? The NRL, yeah. NRL, was, NRL was created in a Chinese restaurant. You know what I mean.
3: Like I, I saw the photo <laughs> on your social media uh, yesterday as well, Masco. Um, friendships were lost over this. Who were the biggest?
6: Yeah, I think um, I think um, I think John Quayle and rugby league, in a way, like I think I think that's that's certainly one of them. John Quayle um, left, and went to SoCog, and 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 basically, although he was he, he was never involved, he wasn't involved again till. Uh, the Nathan Tinkler, you know, he was involved with when Nathan Tinkler was doing stuff with Newcastle, uh, but that was the first time he became involved. So, the most famous rugby league administrator alongside Ken Harperson of our lifetimes, nah, never went to grand final, never went to a state of origin, mm. um, and and to this day is still at arm's length from from the sport. And um, and 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 John Rebo and John Quayle were never good friends or anything like that. But I think I don't think that you know there certainly um, no has been no contact there. You know, in, in a quarter. A century but you know I worked with Roy Masters and he talks about his great friendship with uh, John Rebo who he coached at West and how that really uh, that was really fractured during the Super League period and, and now they're best of friends again and interestingly though, I really like the story of um, of, of, of Ken Arpison and John Rebo that um, uh, Ken Arpison basically rescued John Rebo's career when he suffered a neck injury signing him up at Manly and was his mentor and that um, even after they were on the other side of the worst conflict in the history of the sport that they you know, still remain uh, friends today. So uh, I was really surprised. People, everyone involved in the story, have more, much, much, much more in common than than the, than they have that uh, divides them. And uh, that was a great part of a uh, great part of doing the book.
4: Yeah, great stuff. Now we have a lot of Newcastle listeners, Masco, and I know the Newcastle Knights through that '95, '96 seasons. They, you know, led by a Paul Harrigan, bus trip to the ARL headquarters. It was quite significant, wasn't it, to try and keep a stranglehold on. Rugby League Heartland for the ARL.
6: Yeah, and uh, Paul Harrigan tells the story of that in uh, the final chapter of the book, and how he feels it's been, you know, misrepresented over the years, and even the conversation that led to him. Getting in the bus, uh, he said that has been misrepresented, and um, uh, talking to him, I said uh, uh, this morning in one of his sister stations uh, uh, asking Paul Harrigan to explain the super League war uh, was like asking uh, Luke Skywalker to explain Star Wars because um, <laughs> you know he, I, I think Paul Harrigan is the star of the year, but when he spoke, he spoke like obi-wan Kenobi, you know he actually he actually summed it up better than anybody, even though he was right at the center of it, which is a rare a, a rare person and a rare intellect you know to be able to to be able to do that so um, you know, he, he he was amazing. But uh, speaking of closed pubs, guys, and for people in Newcastle who, who are listening, I can guarantee that the uh, Queen's Wharf Hotel up there tomorrow night around this time won't be closed. They know we're coming, and a few members of the 1997 team have said they'll be there as well. So um, nice. hopefully um, tomorrow night um, the door will be open and everyone can have a, a good time there tomorrow night. It's the first actual book launch in Australia for, for two tribes.
4: Yeah, great stuff. Make sure Newcastle listeners get down. there; will be a great night. Um, Now, we've got a text here from Rooster Muzz. Uh, It says, years ago, myself and a few mates were tipping schooners down our throats at the mighty Windang pub, (laughs) and we had to stay there overnight because of major flooding. I'm not sure if Masco was there, but can you please ask him about it? I'm sure he would
6: remember. Sorry. Now, um, I just noticed a whole bunch of people uh, who are here, and they wonder why the pub's closed, and I just waved to them. So I heard half of that. The flooding at at which which venue? Windang
4: pub. And you were all
6: flooded in yeah well I'm yeah, yeah, that was when I was a little kid though i I haven't lived in Windang since I was a little kid, so i don't i don't I actually was thinking of going I, this is kind of boring, but I was thinking of going down there maybe the second or third, and just the people who live in Windang now now it's like Bel Air where Luke, Luke <laughs> Bailey lives there it's like <laughs> full of full of celebrities, so um, I'm looking forward to going back but no i, I don't I remember um floods in Windang when I was a little kid, uh, but I don't remember any since then because I left there. At the sort of the, I guess I guess early '90s.
4: So yeah. So let's look at the last 25 years in the NRL era. Only the NRL era. Who's the one player for Steve Mascord that stands out as the number one player of the last 25 years? In your opinion?
6: Well, I didn't realise this was going to be this is your life. I would have prepared better. Um, (laughs) Andrew Johns for sure. Yep. Andrew Johns. Andrew Johns is the best player I ever saw. And not just because he had natural talent, but because he stood in the front line and upended players and he did all the hard work as well. And he trained, he trained really hard. And yeah, I I consider it an honor to have uh, watched him play some, some of the, some, some sometimes from the sideline guys, which was, you guys have both done that. It's a special, special honor to see, to see sort of talent that up close.
3: Masco, before we let you go, you said you had a funny story for us too, just before we put you on air.
6: Ah, uh, you didn't rate the story about the pub being no,
3: it's closed. Oh, is it? Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's funny Uh mate. Listen, work on your gear as you do your tour, uh, as you head up the coast. Now, wait, <laughs> you're going to Newcastle tomorrow, and you said you're going to be on the Goldie uh, in a message to me the other day over Christmas, New Year's w- as well.
6: No, I want to. I want to come. The big the big issue I've got about coming to the Goldie is just making sure I've got books because it, there's a bit of a lag time. Um, so um, if, I, if, I get, if I sell all the books tomorrow night, and then there's a few in Queensland where I'm going for Christmas, my relatives uh, have got some. Um, but, but if I haven't got any books, I'm not going to have – it's like a pub with no beer, yeah, um, right. a, a book launch with no books. So, um, But I do want to – I'll definitely come to the Goldie. I'm going to the Dolphins first game. I actually time my return to the UK um, to coincide with having watched the Dolphins first game, and I go back the next day.
3: Oh, wow. Um, there you go.
6: And I actually – and my, my wife's birthday is three days before the Dolphins <laughs> first game and um,
3: What are you more excited about, Masco? Uh,
4: <laughs> Listen, we hope you find a place
3: well, to have now, a beer.
4: Now Muzz has just said tell Masco to go to the Olympic. It's now open and just up the road.
6: Uh, but mate, but I've already told people the cricket is armed. <laughs> like, I just don't, oh,
3: uh, this is too hard.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. Shouldn't but thank, tell tell Marza thanks for the advice. Mm. All right, so mas- tell me, and maybe I'll do the Roosters I'll, I might do the Roosters launch. I want to do one for if I can for as many clubs as I can who played in ninety seven. So I might do the Roosters launch at the Olympic. What do you reckon? There you oh, go. There you go.
3: There you
4: go. Get All to right. Newcastle tomorrow night, there Queens yeah, Wharf.
3: Yeah, Queens Wharf Hotel in Newcastle. We'll give it that a plug again before the end of the show tonight. Hopefully you'll get to meet Glenn. Thanks. Glenn up there as well, one of our great listeners. He won't be too much of a punish. Uh, Two Tribes is the book uh, by Steve Mascot. Thanks for your time on Sports Day, Masco. Good to catch up.
6: Yeah, no worries. Someone's ringing me to ask where I am. So <laughs> see you later. Bye.
3: bye, bye. I, I didn't think the pub story was How that frantic quite. is he? Oh, he's crazy, mate. But, but I, Oh, no, he's not crazy, but what he's going through is crazy. But uh, did you find the pub story funny? I, I, no, it was. it's like
4: ironic. Yeah. Well, then he should have said that. Well, I thought there was a funny. story. you think story, only your gear is funny, and you are one of the unfunniest people in our office? I love so. him. He's
3: a great man, Steve Mascord, and a great uh, rugby league journalist. And I, I think you'll struggle to find someone who loves the game as much as he does. If you
4: are a rugby league lover, I, I've got to say, two tribes. The book. It is an outstanding book. Outstanding.
3: We better go to a break. This is Sports Day. Thanks to Kia.
1: Back in a moment. <laughs> Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll be back soon. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day. With badge and sats, yeah. Welcome
3: back to it. Thanks again to Steve Mascourt for joining us uh, tonight on Sports Day. Great chat about the twenty-fifth anniversary of uh, the NRL. By the way, off the back of the World Cup uh, performance this morning, the final with Argentina winning on penalty shootout. What's the greatest final or grand final you've ever witnessed in any sport?
4: What is it? What is the final? It's not the grand final of the World Cup of cricket, but the semi final against South Africa. Herschel Gibbs drops the ball off yeah. Steve Waugh. You've dropped the World Cup. No, that's that's not a final. So it's the final game, the grand final. Okay, I'm going to throw up the on the back of Steve Masco the 1997 ARL Grand Final, New Carl's versus Manley. Manly, and you love my, I love my. NFL the mm. Super Bowl 51 Patriots versus Atlanta they were like 28-3 down They killed them
3: though didn't they came Oh no they didn't kill them yeah they were down heaps weren't they 28-3 Yeah
4: Yeah in the third quarter come back and won
3: What about I'm going to throw up of course that great grand final between the Broncos and the Cowboys 2015
4: 15 What about the Bunnies breaking the 33 year Oh that was great drought, Yeah 2014
3: but, Yeah but that wasn't close No it wasn't close
4: was for a large portion of the game. When
3: GI went over, did the goanna. It was well and truly done. Anyway, what do you think?
4: That was on on full time, so yes, it was well and truly over. (laughs) I can't remember. Uh, (laughs) 0457 736
3: 736. What's the greatest final you've seen in sporting history? We'll put that into our top seven tonight here on Sports Day. A couple of quick tests. Uh, What happened in Melbourne with the soccer just furthers my notion that soccer fans are flogs. Uh, well, that not all are, not all. Are. That's by the way. That's off the text. That's Steve uh, texting
4: that through. But can I just say, is is the decision to take the grand finals to Sydney after the weekend's behaviour of the Melbourne fans, Melbourne Victory fans, or a portion of them? Does that mean they've made the right decision? Well, in hindsight? possibly,
3: yeah. Can I also go one step further and suggest that maybe Melbourne Victory should be suspended for the rest of the year, no, the club? Can't well, do that. can you? can you guarantee safety of fans who are playing against Melbourne Victory and can you also guarantee Football Australia the safety of players on, on other teams?
4: You can if you get a security company at the stadium that's willing to, to provide a safe environment.
3: There's a lot of answers that need to be questions that need to be answered. I was going to say answers that need to be answered Correcting anyway. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Correct me if I'm right. Uh, I'm going to go to a break. This is Sports Day. When we come back, more of your texts. We're going to get to them.
1: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll be back soon. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Yeah, welcome to the second big
3: hour of the show. Sats and Jace here for your Monday nights. Uh, you've only got, what, three more
4: shows after this and you're off to NZ, bro? I am, I am. Uh, Luke from Southport in that text message to Steve Mascot, he said, what, you guys are still going when everyone else is finished? We never finish, mate. That's what we do, we don't sleep, Luke.
3: We are We're here for the fans. We are heroes.
4: We're here for people like Adrian. We are the never-ending story.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it doesn't feel like Christmas week. Mm. It just doesn't feel like it. There's nothing for me under the Christmas tree too, by the way.
4: Nothing. Yeah, my wife put up the Christmas tree in the second week of November. Yeah. And I was looking at it last night. There's no (laughs) presents under it. You haven't got – are you getting her anything? Yeah, I'm getting her something, but I can't put what? it underneath the the tree. My, whoa, 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 whoa. My son's living in Sydney now and my daughter's over in LA and New York, so it's going to be a very sort of empty house.
3: Do you want me to Christmas? come around on Christmas morning? In your wife fronts Oh, mates. With honey, the girls down, are working. with honey
4: down the front of your your chest.
3: The girls are working. I'll be sitting down watching the NFL, mm-hmm. right, in my undies. I'll have a Christmas T-shirt on, uh, a Santa hat. And I'll just be eating the leg ham, (laughs) just taking chunks out of it. God, I love Christmas morning. It's the best. Uh, Hello to our listeners through the Super Radio Network and, of course, SEN, all of the stations through SEN and the SEN app. Don't forget, too, you can get a, a podcast of the show this great show that it is, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, just look for Sports Day New South Wales because we don't want you to miss out on Sats' Last Laugh if you're a yep. new listener coming up. That's at the end of the show. Top seven sporting moments from grand finals or finals. Get your votes in. We'll reveal them soon. And, boy, aren't we getting some great final suggestions. Greatest sporting moments of 2022 as we look back. Uh, we haven't put these in any order, but we're doing our top 12 And tonight's is a timely one, wouldn't you say, Uh, Sats? Yeah.
4: Andy, he's got Champions League 2005 Liverpool win after being down 3-0 down first up. I've got to agree. Outstanding Andy. Uh, Canberra versus Balmain, 1989. Jim from Wallachia, the Wallachia Hotel. Great pub, the Wallachia Hotel. Uh, Top seven best ever was Game 6 Bulls versus Jazz, 1998. This is the reptile. What Jordan did in 45 seconds was amazing. Yeah, he had a steal off... Carl Malone from memory just dribbled it down and then he drained a shot with about four seconds to go and they won by 1.8786. That was an amazing final reptile. And at that stage, it was Jordan's last ever shot in the NBA. Yeah, it was too. And then he went back to the Washington Wizards, of course. Uh, 213 A-League
3: games, 60 international caps. Matt Mackay will be joining us shortly as we wrap up uh, the World Cup. And we want to talk to him about those horrible scenes. Uh, down in Melbourne on the weekend. But in the meantime, uh, to break the ice, Danger is on the line from Cairns. Danger?
2: Afternoon, boys. How are we? Yeah,
3: Very good, good Danger. Stop sucking on that helium balloon. <laughs> Your voice is higher than I Jack's I today.
2: I wish I was. Um, no, serious, on a serious note, mm-hmm. uh, talking about championships and all of that, it was going back probably about 10, 15 years ago. Um, remember sticks that they're uh, licorice covered with chocolate. Yeah, I didn't like them. They used to be called sticks. No, never did I. But anyway, they were sponsoring Shane Van Gibson at Bathurst. And um, right at the end of the race, it was about five laps to go or something like that, Shane Van Gibson was three laps in front of anybody at Bathurst, which is massive. And um, he needed a splash of fuel. Come in. Got a splash of fuel. Oh, sorry. Back in them days, you had to turn the motor off before they give you fuel. Um, anyway, turn the motor off. They give them a splash of fuel. They said, right, go, go, go. Bloody car wouldn't start. The starter motor cooked. Right. Three laps in front, and he yep. was about, um, you know, two laps to go or something like that, and his starter motor wouldn't go. That was disappointing.
3: <laughs> that, that is very disappointing. So is the fact I've got no idea what you're
2: talking about. What's so, the licorice well,
4: got to do what's with What's that got to do with What's the, the licorice
2: got to do with his starter motor? Well, that was the, the car. The whole car was was decorated in chocolate sticks and chocolate biscuits and all that. I thought you might have remembered it, that was all. Right. That's why it's a chocolate stick. I
3: thought he stopped um, for a stick. <laughs> I
2: thought he I stopped he, for I one. I bet he wish he did too. Yeah, I bet he yeah. wish he did too. Might The starter mate might have cooled down. How you going, hey, Danger? Hey, are, you, boys, are you
3: recovering? I'm, are you recovering, mate, from your incident?
2: Yeah, I, I, I actually found out today. I'm booked in on the 17th to go and have um, three plates oh. put in my face.
3: Oh, mate, that's so, horrible. What, 17th of Jan?
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, 17th of January.
3: Uh, all right, mate. Well, listen, we're thinking of you.
2: Yeah. T- take it easy. Ah, oh, that's cool. I'm getting there. There's Good no drama. You. Nothing to do about it now. Forget about it. They done with. All
3: right, mate. Thanks for your story. Uh,
2: yep. Okay, boys. Have fun. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Right. you, danger. Right, right. danger. Thank you very
4: much. Part of our
3: whack pack. He'll yep. be on
4: our Christmas special. Now, what Christmas you didn't days. like and did like over the weekend? We spoke about that off the top yeah. of the show. And uh, Phil from Mudgy says Dylan Brown staying an Eagle. What did like or didn't? Did like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that deal... So will Moses. Well, we don't know that yet, do we? So that
3: deal, because we haven't even talked about that. We haven't even gotten to that. He signed a contract to the end of 2025 with the Eels, and then he has a six-year extension in his favour, Satch, that takes him to the
4: end of 2031. Have you heard of anything like this? Never. heard anything. Now, Joseph Tarpany signed a six-year deal recently. Of course, Jason Taumalolo signed a nine-ten-year deal. Um, but this is effectively, what is this? This is a well eight, eight nine-year deal. Well, he came from New Zealand as a 15-year-old. Like Parramatta looked after Dylan Brown as a 15, 16-year-old. So by the time if he takes up that option before November 1, uh, 2022, to extend through to 2031, uh, that's in effect, he'll be at that club for about 17 years. It's up to the age of 32. He's only 22 at the moment. So time is something he has got. Yeah, uh, on his side.
3: That's a massive deal. I I I, I don't understand deals in favour of the player.
4: Yeah. I, I don't, who else had one like that? Well, usually it comes from a club that is so desperate to keep the player they'll do anything they can, right. And allow the player to to control every every portion of the deal. So, um, it, this this is very obvious that they just want to build the club around around Dylan Brown. Now, Dylan Brown's made the first call. Now it depends on whatever Mitchell Moses is asking for. They would have put some money aside for Mitchell. Let's just say it's eight hundred. and let's say Mitchell asks for a million. Aren't they at a million? Well, that extra $200,000, has Dylan Brown eaten into that at any stage to, to get his or, extension?
3: could it go the other way, knowing now that Dylan Brown is locked in long-term with the Eels, does that make Mitch Moses' decision even easier? For Mitch? Yeah, for him to go, well, listen, he's locked in. I like playing next to the kid. I'm signing.
4: It'll all come down to... Because we could win a premiership. It'll come down to loyalty and, and again, that enjoyment of playing with Dylan, but also it'll come down to that dollar figure.
3: Hey, we've got Matt Mackay uh, on the line, as I said, 213 A-League games, 60 international caps. Uh, He's seen a lot in his football time. Joining us now on Sports Day. Matt, great to have you back, mate. Not a problem, guys. That uh, final this morning, it was a classic, wasn't it?
0: You're not going to see one better, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, two of the of the real uh, or greatest players now up against each other, and um, you know Mbappe scoring a hat trick and, and Messi coming out on top. Um, you know, I think everyone's delighted with how the World Cup went, and, and um, particularly how it finished.
4: Now, uh, Messi was crowned the player of the tournament. Um, agree with that because Mbappe was. I, th- I suppose they went um they went toe to toe didn't they right up to those final moments so you're happy with Messi being the player of the tournament
0: Yeah no doubt um uh, I think if you watch the game the the overriding fact Mbappe was 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 nowhere for about 70 minutes and then um and then popped up with with two um you know really good you know penalty and and the goal and um, also scored in uh, extra time but I think overall, Messi throughout the tournament, his movement, um, his ability to affect the games, um, made him the best player of the tournament.
4: And Matty, how much satisfaction do we have to take as as the Socceroos? You know, we got we got lapped in that first game of the uh, the World Cup against France, who went through to the final. But to be able to push Argentina in that that final sixteen, um, nearly take them through to, to extra time, how much satisfaction can we take that those both those teams? fought out the world cup
0: no doubt it's, it's it's great for the socceroos to see that um you know the two teams that they played um um were in the final um and you know what uh, qual had an opportunity against argentina we had them off off their feet in that uh, round of 16 game um you know, it could have been a different story so um the australians can be very proud um uh, they had an awesome tournament and and hopefully the players um, can move on and, and maybe get some bigger moves and, you know, obviously show the rest of the world that they can could compete at the highest level.
3: Beardy McHoz from Charlestown sent us a text. Don't be put off by the name. Fitting for Messi. Only have to see how much his teammates and support staff love him to know what type of man he is. Legend. Ronaldo never been to a team barbecue in his life.
4: He seems to be universally I, loved, Messi.
0: I think that's pretty accurate. He's just a humble, humble guy. You know, he's He's won everything um you know he goes about his business, he's very good on the field, he doesn't antagonize he doesn't dive around um you know he just gets on with the job and he's he's obviously extremely talented and um everywhere he's gone, he's won trophies and um he he needed that that world cup to to add to the list and he's done it now yeah has-
4: maddie um we see the Socceroos, you know, about to return to Australia. No, have returned to Australia, of course, and and we want to try and capitalise on that with the individual players and how great they were during that World Cup, and and trying to expand the, um, you know, the 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 the, the viewers and the spectators to the A League, and we're trying to capitalise, and then we see what happened on the weekend. Out of anything from the weekend, from that Melbourne victory, the Melbourne derby, how can we? How can any positive come out of that? That can help the A League.
0: Look, I, I don't think we should diminish, um, you know, what the Socceroos have done. Um, let's not get into how the games in turmoil. It's not, it's, it's a uh, a bunch of uh, really stupid supporters. Um, and yes, it happens. You know, it happened uh, at Sydney United in the FA Cup. Um, you know, it will continue to happen. Um, but it it really is just a handful, and and you know what it does get reported. Um, it was ugly scenes, you know, not, not happen, not happening uh, happy. But um, everyone in football know that that's not what it, we're about. There's so many, um, you know, it's the highest participation sport in the country. Um, we know that A League uh, has gone through some tough times, but the good signs were that the stadium was full, um, especially for the big games, um, for the derbies and stuff like that. So they've got to grow. The A Leagues, I think, made a poor decision um with putting the grand finals in Sydney. Uh, that needs to be changed. Um, and and don't shy away from the fact that they can change it. You know, stand up and, and say, look, we've made a mistake and um, you know, and take it to the um, the city that deserves to have that final that year.
4: Did yesterday's or sorry, the weekend's behaviour of of the Melbourne victory supporters did that does that basically say that the A League made the right decision by eventually taking it to Sydney?
0: No. No. Don't be silly. It's it's going to be a non-spectacle in Sydney if it's a Perth v uh, Brisbane Raw, right? It'll it'll be a half-empty stadium, right? Same if there's two Melbourne teams. Yes, they'll travel up, but why? Like, if it's a Melbourne game, you have it in Melbourne. They deserve the right. Where like no other sport, you know, it's... um, in the country, you know, if you have the AFL Grand Final, MCG, because majority of the teams are there. Same with uh, Rugby League, majority of the teams in Sydney. Obviously, Brisbane will try, try to steal the Grand Final of the NRL. Um, but, uh, you know, it's always been the way that the team that wins uh, the league or wins that major semi-the-highest final team will get that Grand Final, and that's the way it should be. Matt, is the problem
3: because Football Australia didn't consult the clubs? Because I can see some positives out of that out of the finals being in Sydney, it's a cash injection which the A Leagues needs. There's no doubt about that. It's a wonderful cash injection, and it does work in sports like the NRL. And if you say there is that grand groundswell of support for football in Australia, which there is, why can't we see two out of out of out of Sydney sides play in the grand final like we get in the NRL? They fit eighty thousand people into a course. The Bronco Cowboys. Yeah, but my well, mates went to
0: it. Um, yeah, so it can yeah, it, was, it can work, mate. It comes down to dollars, right? And that's why they've done it. But it's not about that to, for fans in Australia. It's about representing their team and doing it in the stadium that they've played their whole uh, season in. I, I don't I don't agree with it. Um, a lot of people don't. Football's different to to league and union and AFL, uh, and that's why there's been an uproar about it.
3: Mm. Okay, no, it's fair enough. Uh, about flares and 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 having those at stadiums. What, what what have we got to do to stop that? You, I mean, I can't even take a packet of twisties into Seabass Stadium <laughs> on the on the Gold Coast. I, I'm serious. I got stopped because the kids had a bag of twisties. Right? How how are people getting this stuff into football stadiums all the time, and why why is that accepted?
0: Um. Uh, I'm not totally positive but I'm sure they're allowed to have them in there now there's some safe zones and, and the way they operate them um, but for me, they are silly, I don't think they're needed I don't think it creates atmosphere unless you have hundreds of them and you see some of the European uh, leagues when they have a lot of them, it actually, yes okay, you, you've created something but um, throwing them is not on um, to, to get them on the field was not on to have the keeper of uh, Melbourne City throw it back at them was silly as well and, and that's what escalated everything
4: mm-hmm. Now we've got uh, M Chos from Charlestown has said uh, fan lockout for the next 12 games Melbourne Victory players mm-hmm. shouldn't be punished and this is on the back of, of Jace saying he, he feels like that Melbourne Victory probably should be set out for a, a, a period of time for the rest of the competition I don't agree with that I don't think the players just should be point- punished also but what do you think about a fan lockout for the next X amount of games for Victory fans?
0: Uh, look, there's going to be a punishment. Um, yes, they can play at neutral venues. They can um, lock them out. Um, you know, that's... Uh, and the unfortunate thing is, you know, a handful or a bunch of people that have done the wrong thing is going to cost the club. It's going to cost them dollars. It's going to cost, um, you know, kids being able to get out and really support mm. their club, um, which is, for me, you want to see the game develop like by getting these kids involved. You want to get as many kids, you want to get into schools and... Yeah. And get more, more and more kids playing because the, the more people you know, um, the bigger pool of people. Like any sport, we're all fighting in Australia to get as many kids involved. Uh, the higher quality of players you'll end up with, and that's when we'll get into, deeper into World Cups. So um, that's the the sad thing is that kids are going to miss you know, watching their their stars at Melbourne Victory, and um, and they're a good club. They're, they're, they are, the, you know, the most successfully successful run club. I believe, in the country um, with how they go about things. They've got a good member base, and um, unfortunately, uh, that's going to, yeah, there'll be some punishments or lockouts or whatever it is.
3: And that crowd on uh, Saturday night was unbelievable. It was a packed house in Melbourne. I guess the priority, though, for Football Australia now is being able to provide a safe environment for fans, uh, officials, and players, so that we don't have another incident like that. A couple of more quick, quick questions for you, Matt. Do you think Football Australia may reverse that decision to uh play the final uh at the the, the team's venue that it, that has made it. Do you think do you think that may end up happening now?
0: Um no, it's not Football Australia's decision, it's the A-League's. Oh, a leagues um, I should say. Yep. That's the the A-League's, yeah, the A-League's um decision. Uh I don't think they will. Um you know, you you guys make great points with you know it, it does come down to dollars and I, I can, I can see the decision. Obviously, New South Wales government have, have um, uh, put some money into to getting that, that, um, that there. Um, yeah. I can't see them changing it. I'd like them to, um, but yeah, they want to create a tradition. Let's see how it goes. Um, you can always change it down the track. There's, sure. no, there's no doubt about that. It's for three years. I think it's signed for three years. So, um, you know, they've, they've got everyone's understanding. they, they're, they're smart guys, right? So they would have known there'd be a backlash, so that they still went ahead with it. So um, yeah, they had a reason, uh, reason behind it. And
3: sorry to put you under the microscope tonight. It's like you've walked into it, but yeah, you know, we need we need answers because we we don't know we don't know a lot about this. The other thing: are we expecting any more protests, like fans leaving grounds, or is that just for last weekend?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure, to be honest. Right. So, um, I know. I know at Brisbane they just want to get everyone through the door. Um, you yeah. to watch the game. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and and most clubs, uh, yeah, there'll be some protests and obviously um, the actions of, of um, uh, last weekend's Melbourne derby kind of taken um, the spotlight off that decision. The, the Sydney Grand Finals and the walkouts that were planned. Uh, I don't think it's the right way, but people, uh, fans have a choice to do what they want. Um, like any sport, they pay the money you get in and we say it. Um, but, you know, they, um, I think walking out is probably the wrong thing. You get in there to support your players, and mm-hmm. um, especially those World Cup stars that have come back and have done quite well.
3: All right, mate. Thanks for your time. I know you've answered some tough questions for us tonight. Uh, I guess the other tough thing you faced over the week, last time we spoke to you, you woke the misses up in the middle of the night right, watching yeah. the, uh, the, uh, the Football World Cup in bed. Did you go to the lounge room uh, to watch the final this morning?
0: Hey, I was on that. I was on the app again uh, in the bed. <laughs> I had um, we're, I'm actually on a. We're on a trip around Australia, so I was in the caravan. <laughs> um, uh, we're doing a full lap of Australia this year uh, for a year, and um, in the caravan had the the wee man came in. Um, next to me was asleep next to me as well. So, um, <laughs> mate, on the app, uh, but I was polite this time, and I did put the AirPods <laughs> in. So, I have to watch
3: it. good stuff, mate. jeez jealous. We'll have to catch up with you on your trip. That'd be awesome, sat. Going around Australia in a van for a year. I'd love that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Matt McKay, thanks for taking time out from the family holiday, mate, and joining us on Sports Day.
0: My pleasure, guys. Have a good one. You Take too, care. buddy. See ya. There you go.
3: Imagine that. Imagine giving up work for a year
4: and just travel around Australia. He must have plenty.
3: Oh, he wouldn't have to give up, yeah.
4: A what do you, ca- you and I should do a travel show, sports mm. travel show, in a camper van. Mm. Let's see if our employers can send us around the country for a year all right. in a camper van, just you and I. What day do you think we would probably
3: look at killing each other?
4: You wouldn't be allowed to use the toilet. I know that. In <laughs> a camper out. van. I'm out. You don't know, get those dump stations. You've got to dump it all out. Yeah. There's no one in the world I'm dumping your <laughs> human waste. There's no do way. Do we have to talk about this? Mm.
3: Do we have to like, yeah, anyway, thanks Matt Mackay for joining us on Sports Day. Quick, before we go to a break, stream every NFL game this season live on the NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. What about this weekend? Uh, We had, because we're leading up to the end of the season and Christmas, we had games Friday, Saturday, Uh, Sorry, Friday and then Sunday and Monday and tomorrow. Yep, we ended up having Saturday night games in the US. How
4: good was that? Yeah, outstanding. And one of those was the Bills.
3: Mm. And that was a great game. Snowing during
4: the game, like you just you tell Miami, Mm. who one of the form teams. Miami, you just see them while the snow was coming down. They're so used to the sunshine and the beach that when the snow started coming down, they just capitulated. Yep. Yeah,
3: and the fans were throwing snowballs mm. onto the field at the players at some now, stage.
4: Gavin from Penrith, in relation to the A League game, if you can't smoke or vape inside a stadium, I don't understand how a flare is to play on. It's a good yeah, point, Gav. I don't, I don't get it either. They, uh, they need to get security that aren't scared. No offence to anyone trying to make a living, but gee, some of the security aren't exactly in good shape to stop anything.
3: And boys, why is nobody seeing the irony in the keeper's name? Glover. There we go. <laughs> Good All gear. Right. Well, that's that's how we look at it. All right, listen, we've got to go to a break. This is sports day. When we come back, are we ready for the top seven grand final finishes? Or the, the last best Jack, finals? he's the one
4: that's been compiling them. Yeah, no, we're getting there. From that. our listeners. We are getting there. Recommendation. Right. Just hold on. We've got what have we got? We've got uh, really quickly Sharks first Storm 2016 grand final, England versus New Zealand 2019. Cricket World Cup final. I can't recall that. Uh, no, I
3: yeah, no, I can't either. Hey, listen, I also want to play my claim of 2022. Can we do that as well? Now we're doing the highlights. Mm-hmm. I made a claim.
4: Okay. And
3: I stand by it.
1: All yeah. <laughs> right, we'll get to that
3: next. This is Sports day. day.
1: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll be back soon. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Yeah, welcome back to the show. 0457
3: 736 736 is our text number. Uh, Keeping coming through from McDonald Jones Homes. Uh, McDonald Jones Homes birthday sale is on. Uh, text from Steve from Dubbo.
4: I once took a girl home that looked like Shane Webke.
3: Oh, that was on the back
4: of a tweet I read out from Andy Raymond saying what have you conquered in your youth? And someone said, oh, I was in England in 2002 and I I hooked up with a girl that looked like Brent Tate. <laughs> he was actually on tour that year, so it may have been it Brent may Tate. Been
3: Tatey. Yeah. Um Tatey.
4: Well, mate, nothing wrong with Shane Webke. Did she own a pub?
3: That she wouldn't been have
4: right. paid if it was Webby.
3: Yeah, that's a good, very, very good point. We're going to do the top seven grand final moments in sport uh, very shortly. Can I just say, Glenn from Newcastle,
4: he's ripping into Jack. Just or what's, what's Jack him. done? He's just saying, read my text out, Jack.
3: Oh, shut up, Glenn.
4: <laughs> just,
3: just shut up and bowl. Oh,
4: there we go. I already, I already have a speaking engagement organized for tomorrow night. Otherwise, I would have been with Steve Mascord, mm. who's going to
3: Queens Wharf Queens pub Wharf. tomorrow. Hey, on the cricket, we talked about whether um, whether Boland retains his spot as Hazelwood. Uh, get into the side for the Melbourne Test. Ease up, Woogie Hazelwood has done nothing wrong, and he's the incumbent. That's from Fitzy. Yep. Uh, and then we have a text. Uh, someone saying no favourite. That's Boland mm. should be in there. So
4: I agree with. I think because he's the incumbent, and if he's fit, he'll be first to go in. Yeah. I, yeah. It doesn't work like that with batsmen. Not a bad. Well, yeah. You know, for decades, it's been harder to get out of the Australian side than it was to get in.
3: Mm. Mark from Prairie Wood, uh, with the depth of our fast bowlers, would you consider resting Stark for Boxing Day? No, play, play Hoff and Boland, then rest Boland for Sydney. Keeping in mind the tour of India coming up, you'll probably need Stark more for India. No, no, your job, your job is to bowl. Mm. Just shut up and bowl. Just shut up and bowl. (laughs) And the reason we say shut up and bowl, there was remember last week when old mates Cummins put that post on his page Mm. where he was selling five hundred dollars seaweed hoodies. Hoodies, Yeah. And someone just on comments on on Cummins's uh, uh, I think it was Instagram just said, "Just shut up and bowl." (laughs) Who's Hoff? Hoff and Boland. It must be um, Hazelwood's nickname. Okay. Yeah. Righty, let's get into this, shall we? It is. Now on Sports Day, the top seven, as voted by you. And we're doing the top seven grand finals in any sport. Sats, do you want to kick it off at number seven?
4: This is based on ours and also you as listeners. Uh, Number seven, NFL flavour, Patriots versus Atlanta Falcons, Super Bowl 51, 28-3 midway through the third quarter to the Falcons, and they end up winning 34-28, the Patriots.
0: (laughs)
1: Toss to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback.
3: I like this new concept of the top seven. I like it. Hmm. I like it a lot. Number six, Liverpool 2005 Champions League this final. This was amazing. 3-0 down at halftime against AC Milan. Came back and finished 3 or, and then one on penalties. Yeah,
4: It was amazing. My son... Like the Jack in the Office, here he's a mad Liverpool fan. He still, he still talks about that as one of his great memories. It was a one of the great comebacks of all time.
3: This is one of my great moments. Sats, at number five.
4: Yeah, Cowboys versus Broncos. Even though it was a an all Queensland Grand Final, it was still regarded to this day a top three Grand Finals of all time. Went down to golden point, of course. Uh, JT missed the conversion from the sideline, uh, and actually he was when he would sit set the ball up for that last kick from the Cole Felt try, he actually was stopped by the referee and told to, know he got to take it closer to the... So just to add pressure to the situation yeah, yeah. where he'd got his mind into this, you know, how he's going to kick it, what kick. angle. Yeah, exactly. So he got him to move it closer to the sideline, hit the upright, but the rest was history, of course. So he kicks the field goal an extra time. Clive Churchill medal as well.
3: Number four, of course, involves our colleague, Gary Belcher, the 1989 Grand Final. And geez, didn't he remind uh, Benny Elias, not Benny Elias, Gary Jack about it mm. a couple of weeks mm. ago when he when he had a chat to him. Yeah, Canberra versus Bowerman, that 1989 Rugby League Grand Final, one of the greatest. Had everything. Had, abs-
4: had so many storylines before, during, and after that game as well. The great story out of that Grand Final was not the try to Steve Jackson, was that he was never even invited to the grand final breakfast the day before or two days before the game. He actually sat back at the hotel with the strappers and the trainers because he wasn't even seen as one of the the first-grade squad. But for some reason, Tim Sheens used him. But then the story that came out of it all is that Badge was given the Channel, Channel 10 State Bank man of the match. hmm and so when they announced the Clive Churchill Medal goes to, he started taking three steps forward. <laughs> Brad Clyde, nineteen-year-old, grabbed him by the shoulder and said, "Son, I'll take this one." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, number three, you would have loved this. Well, yeah, oh, and I loved it as well. I was fortunate enough to be there with my dad to see this, and one of the proud moments from this grand final was off the field. It was the uh, the patriarch of of the bunnies for so many years, George Piggins. Actually, it's his first game back. After being kicked out of the comp the, the bunnies back in ninety nine, two thousand. But in two thousand fourteen the bunnies finally breaking that drought after thirty-three years.
6: Twenty-six to six.
3: I, am I, is this too over the
4: top, is it? Sorry, I'll get rid of
3: that. Never over the top. Mate, I tell you what, that still gives me chills that I've moment.
4: never seen two Sydney teams like they were with such great supporter bases. The Bulldogs, equally as supportive as what the South Sydney Rabbitohs are, but I've never experienced a scene when South Sydney ran onto the field that night. Mm. It, it was amazing. It was, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now, seeing the South Sydney fan, fans rise in a grand final. I hadn't been able to do it since 1971.
3: All right, number two, the Bulls,
4: 1998. This is this was pretty close to being number one. Mm, it was, based on our votes. That's a lot of votes for this one. Game seven, and we spoke about it earlier on. Uh, Michael Jordan, in what was looking to be his final game in the NBA, steals the ball with 20-odd seconds remaining. Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Yeah, John Stockton. Former Bull, he took a three-point shot with only a couple of seconds remaining, missed the, missed the three-pointer, and um, that was after their second three-peat, third premiership in a row for the Bulls. And number one, rounding it out, I still think it's my favourite grand final of all time to watch. And although it was in a split year, the ARL Super League year of 1997, this grand final had everything. Um, grand final between the Knights and Manly. Not only was it a great finish, it was just a great, great game for the entire 80 minutes.
6: Here it is. A O a-oh, knocked down by Manley. six, six more tackles, eight. there's 20 seconds on the clock, Albert, he will play it, 21 metres away, down the blind, Andrew John, inside for Albert, Manley! Albert will score, Albert will score, Manley! Newcastle have won the grand final, yeah. Albert is over,
1: Manley has been beaten by Newcastle on foot.
3: Yeah, thanks for your votes tonight on 0457 736 736 for McDonald Jones Homes. Our top seven grand final moments in any sport. This is Sports Day for the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Back in a moment. A
1: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll be back soon. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Uh, yes, we are back. No Badge. He's on holidays. So he'll
3: be back on January 3. Sats and Jace here tonight. Hey, just a quick score update in the, uh, the Big Bash. Hurricanes playing the Scorchers in Hobart. Sats, one for 56. The Hurricanes off... Uh, how many overs was that? It's just gone off the screen. Six uh, overs. Six overs, so... At you weighed on
4: 42 off 26 balls.
3: I love watching Wadey play. I really do. Good to see Ben McDermott, who's in my super coach team, getting out for a first ball. Dark, <laughs> I give up.
4: Like Dave Warner?
3: What about that? I've got a text here very quickly. Shame seeing someone get out first ball in innings unless his name is David Warner. Is he in any trouble for Melbourne?
4: I don't know. I, th- there comes a time soon, I think, where he doesn't need a century. And that was Greg from Campbelltown. Thanks, Greg, for your text. Uh, I don't think he needs a century. He just needs needs a half century. He needs to be able to. As I said earlier on in the in the show, he just needs to be able to stabilise himself and the innings with Kowaja mm. just for at least a fifty, just to keep all the you know, all the the chatter and the talk about his uh, his his future.
3: All right. Uh, join Robson Civil Projects jobs at robsoncivil dot com au. Uh, great sporting moments of twenty twenty two. This has got to be up there. The road of the World Cup. And of course, tonight the Socceroos is a long, long road. In fact, it was a thousand and eight days, twenty-match journey for qualification for Qatar.
4: Had to go the long way home,
3: and and that's a lot of games played out of the country because of COVID as well.
4: Yeah, of course, and and in that lead up, that pathway to Qatar, we we went through the group after losing to two nil. We were third in our group, and. And then, of course, um, scraped to a two-one lead in the UAE, and this is well around the time when a lot of people were questioning whether Graham Arnold should be the the coach of the or well, the manager of the Australian soccer side leading into the World Cup. And oh, I'm glad that Soccer Australia they they stood firm and they put their their faith in him. Um, and I'm glad that the playing group, although he's tough in his approach to the game, I'm glad that the players really bought into it because we saw the the. This, what we would call success from an Australian mm. footballing uh, fraternity. And um, we would class as, as a success getting through to the final 16. And uh, we, we had a nil-all draw in that lead-up as well against Peru in regular time. But then you know, after – in relation to that Peru game, it was all about Graham Arnold and the change that he made. Masterstroke. 2005. Was, there was a change made in 2005 from memory also. I think it was Gus Hitting that did that. And Graham Arnold was his, was assistant. his assistant. And there was a, a, a change made and on this occasion. It was Matt Ryan, um, the ever-present Matt Ryan. And he was replaced by Sydney FC's Andrew Redmayne. And, of course, in extra time, in penalty shootout, I should say, Andrew Redmayne came up with possibly one of the, the, the plays of the last decade.
1: Alex Balada.
3: the save it's a save that means the world to australia it's a save that means the world cup for australia joy on bridle for graham arnold and rené Mullenstein for his players they are going to the world cup in qatar no one gave them much of a chance
1: but never ever right off the socceroos
4: And we saw the outcome. And Mm. it was a a young playing group that have now gone away and experienced a World Cup. And in four years' time, again, we'd like to think with the cash injection that Australia will get from getting through to the the level that they did, uh, that, you know, that injection of cash can continue development and also take that young group through to the next World Cup and be better for the experience.
3: And I saw saw today, Sats, that we officially finished 11th at the world cup as well
4: not our world ranking just that's that's in the where world we finished cup. in the okay, tournament gotcha. so yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, a great tournament for the Socceroos and the and the story to get there amazing as well 60 years of family culture join the robson civil projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime this is sports day,
1: day. kia didn't just make an 8 seat family car they made a grand utility vehicle kia carnival GUV. this is sports day with badge and sats we'll be back soon Day. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats.
3: Yeah, welcome back to it. Uh, time to get a weather update for New Farm. If you're listening in Newcastle and you're going to see Steve Mascord uh, drink beer and sell books tomorrow night at the Queen's Wharf, uh, what sort of day have you got? 22 tomorrow, low of 18 overnight. New Farm's products a formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm, Australian through and through. It's
1: time for the last blast on Sports Day with Badge and Sats.
3: Just a quick update on the cricket. Two for 77 now, the Hurricanes. They're going at just over 10 runs and over. Uh, Wade just got out. He scored uh, 51 of 29 balls. So mm. Nice knock from Wadey. Text messages, Sats. There's a gazillion...
4: Evening shaggers, uh, reptile says all those people who ran onto the field Saturday night, you are all toilet bowl scum, the lowest of the low, and you should be banned from every sporting event for life. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly, but I think we're going to see more than more than bans from sporting events. We're going to see criminal charges. You'd, you'd like two, to think
3: two. There are reports that two blokes have handed themselves into the police. Yes, there's more than that. Mm. There's more than that. Well, and
4: I, again, I mentioned before, I don't know if the A-Leagues... Well, they, they counted anywhere between 170 to 200 that entered the, the field of play.
3: I don't, I, I don't know how the A-Leagues, when you play more than Victory now, can guarantee the safety of players, officials and fans of other teams. Mm. Good luck convincing people.
4: Yeah, exactly. Now, gents, can you tell Steve Mascord, who was one of our special guests early on, really good chat about the 25-year anniversary of the NRL, the naming of the NRL back in 1988... 98, I should say. Does he think or believe the N in the NRL will actually live up to its namesake? This is Daniel from Prairiewood Prairie on the SEN app. Becoming a national rugby league, should the game venture back to Perth and Adelaide? I get where you're coming from, Daniel. But the N is also about – there's a good point you made earlier on. We we, we do take state of origins to Perth and, and we've taken them to Adelaide. We take them to Melbourne. So we do venture to all parts. To answer your question, this is probably one for Steve, but my opinion, do we venture back to Perth and Adelaide? I don't think we should. I just think we leave that to the AFL, and I think we master the, the eastern seaboard, um, continue to build New Zealand. I do believe the 18th licence should be a Pacifica side based out of I love that far north Queensland. Try not to take away supporters from the north Queensland Cowboys, but I think based in like a Cairns. Well, what about Rocky or Mackay? Yeah. I mean still classes still classes Broncos slash cowboys territory and I think that's one of the why NRL, struggle. They're very conscious about not taking supporters away from current clubs. Uh, but a Pacifica team made up of uh, Samoan Tongan, maybe Fiji, Papua New Guinea, base them out of Cairns. you play your home games out of maybe Fiji or Papua New Guinea, uh, one of the two.
3: Sats, you'd almost burn your last legs with the last laugh, wouldn't you? Start stretching up, Jack. You could get a run this week from Steve. Well, that's a lie, Steve. Well, you have been very ordinary.
4: Well, a majority of the listeners that I run into yeah. think otherwise. Like who you're running into? Well, i, I got Long to I... admit, there's been a couple that have that have been a little bit ordinary. Couple? Yeah. But I think all in all, they've, mm. they've been pretty good. Tonight's a cracker. Like I've just got to say, tonight's up there. Okay, Mm.
3: let's hope it is. Big pressure.
4: G'day, guys. The football gods granted the football world a gift this morning when the little genius uh, Lionel Messi lifted the World Cup. I've watched the World Cup since Mexico in 70. I've never missed one, so therefore I'm blessed to watch some of the best football players the world has seen. I believe Messi's legacy was created long before this morning's game. To win the World Cup has crowned everything he has achieved, and that's from Shotgun Shine, Newcastle, 2HD. Can I just shout out to Glenn from Newcastle?
3: Mm-hmm. Is he the only person in Australia tonight watching Snackmasters? You know you can go to the shop and buy a packet of snakes. You what, know that. Why would you say that? Well, that's what they make. They try and replicate snacks. Yeah, but why is he watching Snackmasters? I don't know. He's written that on the text. Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We haven't missed him, have we, really, <laughs> when you think about it. Radio,
5: let's
1: see if he delivers. On Sports Day, it's time for The Last Laugh with Scott Sattler. Yes.
5: I can't believe I just wandered in. I, he's coming right in. He's going to do a set after me.
4: The stage
1: is it's yours, It's actually Sets. not a
4: joke. It's from the weekend. Here we I go. actually went to buy a pair of new shoes. And as I was trying them on, I... They're just, just too tight. They're too tight. And, I'd, and the lady in the shoe shop said, no, they're too tight. you are I said they're too tight. She said they're not. Just try pull the tongue out. Try. It. And I went. This so, is so tight. God.
2: <laughs> oh god.
3: Nah, no, that's it. That's it. Jack, you're up tomorrow <laughs> night. You're right, Steve. Uh, grab the podcast. The show, Sports Day, New South Wales. I'm embarrassed. Be <laughs> yeah, back tomorrow night.